2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America
1: NA, member FDSE. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at ibroxrocks.com.
2: Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Angels podcast. The podcast that is trying new things this week. This week on Heart and Hand, yes, it's Cameron James Bell. David, how are you? I'm absolutely brilliant, Cammie. Uh, uh, <clears throat> David? Wait, wait, what
0: are you doing here? Well, the pod. Well, you're not on this week. I mean, why? Because, why? Why? Because Cameron's on. That's, that's a ridiculous decision. <laughs> well, it's it's a decision. decision. Well, it's my decision and you'll just have to stick with it. No, sorry, I'm going to have
2: to write a letter to the pod, I'm sorry. Scott, what kind of arsehole writes a letter about a decision they don't like? So, welcome to Heart and Hand. My name is David Edgar, I'm your host. And uh, as you can maybe have heard from the, the introduction, after Scott's complaint was upheld um, by the, the people at the, the top of the pod, then we had to have him on. So, joining me this week in our, our brand new setup, by the way, our technological advance, Scott Den Acker, Cameron James. Can I, and I Bell? Just,
0: just, can, I, can I just go back to that decision? And I know that you've upheld an appeal that I've not you on this week. Yeah. But I saw you and Cammie shaking hands before the pod.
2: Yeah, in a funny um, what is yeah. it? An alien manner, right? Alien manner. It is a Rangers podcast, so before we get on to the utter lunacy of Celtic, because um, we have to, we try not to talk about them. <laughs> I wish it was a rule that they would have the other way back, but it's not. Yes. <laughs> but we try not to talk about them. But we are going to have to going to have to talk about it. We've got this new setup though, and Cammy, I know you had some concerns.
1: Well, you, my concerns were that if we were talking, and obviously Edgar and I are. Staunch, we talk about the topics at hand, we're right 110% of the time, and as per usual, this big lanky ginger prick is going to try and come in with his, you know, the Egyptian third division, this funny thing happened, blah blah. No one gives a fuck, just go on with it. Well, but then David reminded us all that that was the show. <laughs> yes, can't we?
2: Can't we? We, we, need to, we need to fill like 40 weeks a year. If Scott didn't exist, we'd have to invent him. You can't
0: break a winning formula, or or even this one. <laughs> That's thing. I'll say one thing, David. The new technology is so good, right? It's yeah. so good that Cami sounds like Mark Dingwall with heavy breathing. I think I, I think he's always just uh, wanted
2: to to become Mark, but uh, so. he's finally he's finally married. Right. The, 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 thing... the different the difference is the two of you are dressed. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> speak for yourself handsome right the last time we did a podcast it was really upbeat it was really positive things were going really well and to everyone listening we're sorry yes we jinxed it it was us we apologise we didn't mean it it was us and since then Rangers went to Queen of the South and were dismantled Um to is slightly back on track with two home victories either side of a rather tepid draw or actually a way they uh, victorated them but a tepid draw versus Cammy's home Luring, team, Livingston. Luringston. So, what went wrong in those four matches? Um, I've seen all of them. Cammy, you were at a couple of them. Tell us, why did Rangers go from looking pretty decent to going back a couple of steps?
1: Um, well, I mean, as we talked about at the top of the show, a bit like Van der Acker, Rangers had nothing up top. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's... Uh, it was it, it just as we were talking during the game David just awful to watch it was the um, game in the I, 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 had a, I had a woman sit in front of me really attractive I just decided to start watching her and kind of just grip my teeth rather than actually bother you know having to witness uh, what was on the park because it was so bad uh, I was seriously considering self-harming hey. It picked
2: up a little in terms of the game against the Barton, which you would expect to. The Barton are probably the only team in that division that we can claim to own this season. Um, I think that was a fourth victory over them, a fifth victory over them, because I think there was a cut one in there as well. But I think it's hard to, to look at five games and say this happened in every game, but what was happening in, in most of the matches that became very clear with the introduction of young Harvey, which we've come to, but the strikers, he's, he's clearly decided Boyd quite rightly in my opinion isn't going to do anything Daly's been injured don't think he would exactly set the, the 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 Heather on fire anyway and we've put in Miller and Clark who sort of by default have become the the number one parent. however look I can't complain about the running about a bit have they run about a bit and against you know Livy in particular Queen of the South they busted their humps they ran all over the park it was not a lack of effort it was a distinct lack of quality
0: Scott? Yeah, I think there's two things to, to mention first, when we were cock a a couple of weeks ago Hibs and Hearts both came out to let us play a bit they didn't need to be broken down in the same way and they were both teams who I think expected to beat us or be able to match us and I think that maybe masked some of our inherent weaknesses because we were able to play the game further up the field, when teams started digging in a bit again, as you said all the same problems came back Miller and Clark are trying to do the same job, which is run a bit a bit, and you cannot argue, as I said, that they both achieved that. But I don't. I think the cow's arse is entirely safe from Kenny and uh, Clarky's banjos.
2: Yeah, not be. in that
0: sense, not the hated banjos. Um, and there was a lack of creativity, and we had to try and break them down. They basically these teams asked us to step up and break them down, and we're simply not finding that easy. But it because as we go back to there's not that much talent in the team we're not that creative we're simply not that good and the only chance we do seem to have is when teams match up and make a game of it and open up to give us a chance and so apart from that we're still struggling and that's what worries me a bit about some of the games coming up if the team's sit in, it'll be the same problem as we face I think
1: Okay Cami? Yeah I mean um, Scott makes a good point for me I mean there's, there's a few things in terms of where you're talking about the team selection Miller and Clark are obviously now, you know, the favoured pairing. Um, I know we'll come on to Harding in a wee minute, and hopefully that will start to upset that kind of regime a wee bit as well. But the problem that you've got with those two is the fact that Nicky Clark was really kind of signed off the back of his ability to score goals within about an eight-yard radius of the of the goal line, and Miller is probably not much better. If you look at the goal that he scored against Hibbs, he had to take just under, I think it was between 140 and 150 touches in the box <laughs> before he actually distributed the shot. <laughs> and the problem that you've got with this is the fact that when you then see a goal from Vukic, for example, where he kind of cuts in and it's a carbon cut, every goal he scores It's, it's the, the Vukic goal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but the thing is, though, that it's because of the fact he's willing to have a shot from distance. Miller and Clark won't do that. Yeah, There's and no, actually th- a lot of our team won't do that. Yeah, and there's no alternate to it. I, I, you're totally right in what you said about the running about this. I've got to tip my hat to Dean Shields against um, Livingston, who, I think, to use the McCall-esque phrase, covered every single blade of grass in the park. He did. Um, Didn't do anything but he did work hard. Yeah, he, no, he did. I, but I think that that's where you're kind of matching what you said earlier on about that lack of quality. The effort's there, but the quality isn't. Um, and obviously... I don't know if it had an impact on the team or not, but uh, McCullough coming straight back into the side as soon as his suspension was over. I don't
2: really see what we gain from that. And I, it's a, you know, I'm not going to get involved in all this. Oh, it's he's this, he's that, he's my ligament influence or that. I don't know, and I've got my suspicions, and I'm told things, but he doesn't improve the side. There's absolutely no doubt about that. He doesn't improve the side. He doesn't offer leadership because you could put in a Davy Weir. When his form maybe wasn't fantastic because he brought you other intangible qualities i can't really I can't see anything I can't make that case for McCulloch no. one of
1: the I, I, one of the one of the biggest one of the biggest things that we had had however, and this even when he was forty years old, which is three years older than McCulloch is now, was the fact that his overwhelming quality to the team was the development of the players around him. Practically everybody in that back four and Alan McGregor developed as a better player as a result of Davey Weir's influence. Yeah, it's and it's work. not even as if it's from a perspective of McCullough coming back into a team that from a morale perspective, everyone gets a lift. Because it certainly isn't quality and it's not performance. Mm. What he's contributing towards that in any factor, I've really got to question. Yeah, I think the problem that we have is against
0: Hibs, a few weeks back, we unveiled that kind of almost that sweeper system. And David and I were talking in the pod about how it was great because we've got no pace at the back, none. So someone has to maybe sweep so they can play a bit higher up the pitch. The problem that we have at the moment is we're back to an extremely slow, Any pick any two or three or four or five, out of they're all slow as a week in the jail. And, we're, and because we're not using that sort of sweeper system thing, we're simply back to playing quite deep. And McCulloch, I think if anything makes that worse, I think the position he takes up on the pitch it inhibits us building. I also think we start most attacks from far too deep a position as well Mm -hmm. but to cover because no one gets any pay yeah
2: to Uh, use an American football term we have to, to run the whole length of the pitch to score something you're absolutely right we start very deep I think as well with McCulloch I don't think that he's comfortable at the back in the way that Weir was so Weir's lack of pace was covered by 25 years of positional sense and experience which McCulloch simply doesn't have He's almost like a kid In that he's still learning that role He's still learning that trade Which is a ridiculous thing For a guy to be asked to do it at, at his age um, to, to suddenly have a new position And be asked to, to go and to do that Now Scott, you had a theory That this was perhaps the result of What you termed a dead cat bounce Which is when a new manager comes in And gives the players a lift And they yeah. get a few results performances I'd like you to explain that theory And then I
0: will tell you why it's wrong Okay. Um here we go. This is where we set up David as a footballing genius. Anyone anyone have Hey, thank you very much. Cam it's great to have you back. <laughs> I, really I missed, missed you. this. Yeah, is I know. It, this, is, this is why I didn't
2: have children though, because this is what I would do. I would get like the kids together and play them off each other for daddy's love. Yeah. It's a bit like Lord of the Flies, isn't it? It's kind of like that. As long as it's not the Lord of the Rings, you just know, you know, you said you're naked. You know, Vanden Acker's sitting there in these fucking elf suit, pretending yeah. to be like a. Car. What is it the they do? Is it the, the, the hobbits or something? Them.
1: The hobbits? Yeah. The, they're not elves. The, the, walls are, the walls are covered in tarpaulin, is that what you're saying? Yeah. How, how are the hobbits not
0: elves? They're tiny.
1: Because the elves are really tall and powerful and strong. Don't,
0: don't start. <laughs> well, no, no. Right? How can elves be really powerful? Is it not something to do with the size of their feet? Well, you think like the dwarves or perhaps rubber people? Okay. No, don't, but don't but, start me. But it. the term "elephant" comes—it means like small and delicate—and it comes. Yeah, from but not elf. In tokens. Tolkien's tokens alternative to what reality? Okay.
2: I've Just, said it before, and I'll say it again. You are more in need of a blowjob than any man I have ever
0: met. Maybe the format of the show can provide that later. <laughs> okay. Anyway, your foolish theory. <laughs> okay, my foolish theory is. Stuart and amongst his early games, he was quite lucky. As I've said, the Hearts and Hibbs were two of them. They came out to play, allowed us to get behind them, to look better than we were. Teams have sat in again. We haven't got it much quality of talent. He's finding it hard to motivate them, so we're back to being almost, but not quite, as geek as we were before the end.
2: Right. The reason why uh, that's not true is because in a dead cat bounce, then it doesn't really a, it matter what the manager does in terms of formation, training, etc. It's basically just someone new in the Players' Razor game, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. First two matches were draws. Mm-hmm. It was only after a few weeks that results picked up. Mm-hmm. Edgar won, Vandenacker nil. I love it when that happens. I love it when that happens. I'm sorry,
1: so just so I'm clear on this, your, so your argument, Scott, is the fact that with McCall's coming into the job... That the next step was then everyone, then just started. We've we then started to develop this new kind of tactical nuance that was missing before. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying the players perhaps realised that this wasn't a
0: buttlens and so perhaps listened a little bit more intently. Um, perhaps the things we've said in the pod all season, some of them, I mean, this might seem bizarre, but some of them might want to stay. Although they've not shown that, but maybe with Stuart McCall coming in, and they realised it was the last chance saloon and maybe they listened to what they're being told. Maybe they were never being told anything. There's also a counterfeit that David and I had on the pod that there was no tactical masterclasses or indeed any tactical chat at all. So we don't know that they weren't listening before. Maybe there wasn't any in the first place. And I think they got organised. They looked a bit better. There were some different tactics from game to game. We said back three against Hibs. But I don't think they're that much better than they were before. I don't think there's that much difference. Maybe there's not any quality of talent there. And I think Harts and Hibs not digging in deep probably helped us to get two results first which have really boosted the end of season running. I'm delighted it happened. But if Harrison and Hibbs had sat in as well and played everyone behind the ball, I don't know if he'd get six points or six there either. But That's
1: my theory. Can I come in with an alternative theory? Of course you can. My alternative theory is that um, <clears throat> for the first time in his life, Stuart McCall is now managing a team which is expected to beat the vast majority of their opponents. Yeah. The problem, however, is the fact that he doesn't know how to take a good team and break down a bad team when they stick 10 men behind the ball. And that's not a unique problem to McCall, but the difference being, however, is that for the two teams, or you know, the the, the, the main bigger teams that he's kind of managed on a longer-term basis, uh, that he's been involved in, nine times out of ten, he was the one that was having to probably consolidate and then go and attack. Now, where the concern is for me, and, and David's kind of touched on this with the two draws at the start of his, his tenure, is the fact that when push comes to absolute shove, what what is the what is the alternate plan? How does he break it down with the the you know apparent quality that he has? Because he does have some, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's it doesn't. I, I'm not I'm not as I'm I'm, I'm not as uh, eager as you are to be able to try and see what's going to happen we, in the next few games. No, we have more talent
0: than. See, we don't need to that much. My argument's always been because we, we're more than the rest of the division, or should have. I should We know we We know we're not, we not going to win. Maybe the Cups were too much of an ask. If we were dropped in the SPL, I don't think we'd win it. But in this division, I think we do have some, enough talent to have won it. And to be, whatever, almost 30 points behind hearts is an absolute disgrace. I think part of the problem as well is that, yeah, as you say, the team weren't used to, to winning. They weren't used to listening to the tactical chat. There isn't that many options. I mean, the squad's dread bear. I still think you could try something. I mean, although Pep Guardiola is getting slaughtered at the moment for not doing well enough in the latter stages of the Champions League, so McCall, I suppose, is not hiding for nothing anyway. Um, look at the managers about to lose their job or in danger. People are talking about guys like um, Laurent Blanc Roger. and uh, Ancelotti. So it's just maybe it's just a thankless job that is very difficult to do. And as Cami says, he's not the first manager to struggle to break down two banks of four. Yeah, it's it's not easy. I think as well that. You both touched on this uh, momentum, and
2: although Rangers and at times this season Hibs have both managed to get a little bit, it's always been a very fragile. It's always been a couple of results, and then anything that seemed to kind of you know stick a, a fork in the in the spokes really badly affected both teams. Um, Rangers obviously getting beat by Kunis head, and then looking quite wobbly uh, as a recent one. Hibs losing to us, and then losing three games in a row. As part of that, the only team in this whole division that managed to get what you might call an irresistible momentum, where it's almost like deficiencies are covered by you know sheer enthusiasm and belief, has been Hearts, who got on that run very early and it basically didn't stop until they had the the title secured. Whereas both Hearts, uh, both Hibs and Rangers have had this almost brittle confidence, uh, if yeah. they've had any, and any run. There's always been a thing at the back of both the team and the supports' mind of gone oh so when a goal goes in against them, it, Hearts are in that great place and we've seen Rangers teams in passed do it. You see title-winning teams do it all the time. They're in that great place. They lose a goal. They go all oh, right. That means we're scoring two. You know, it's that attitude.
1: Yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an overconfidence when when we had it. We came in from the from League One, having went undefeated. And we came into the championship and I think it's an overconfidence that McCoy's probably instilled in his players during these these stand-up routines that he used to do at Ock and Howie on a daily basis, where in actual fact, the idea was, um, you know, even similar to you saying, even if we go a goal down, we'll win 2-1. It's not that much a problem. And then, all of a sudden, before you realise that, you're going away to, to dumps like Aloha and all that kind of stuff. And realising that in actual fact, these teams aren't, in some of these instances, some of these teams are actually fighting for existence. This isn't about... A, mid, a mid-table finish. You've got clubs like Livingston who, if they were to get relegated, would probably end up going to the wall. So as a result of that, these players are going in there and playing for their careers. They're not playing for a big move. So as a result of that, you're talking about having to have that fight of this supposed confidence, which is which is paper thin, against kind of almost a steel willingness to be able to try and actually get a result. Because a point is a result. That's what will come out. If Livingston are able to draw against Hibbs tomorrow then that as far as they're concerned is a point that could keep them in a championship yeah. and in existence. Whereas what we're doing is we're going in saying, well anything less than three points is, is an absolute disaster. Yeah. So therefore we'll win it come hella high water. And as it turns out it's been completely the opposite. Teams have actually been able to learn how they've played against this and got results at Ibrox, which was, I'm sure, unthinkable when you were twelve months ago. I think as well the yeah.
2: the you know the one of the problems that we've not got, even in the whole time we've been down, and I know there was the undefeated second division season, but still the performances, I think that we never got into our head that this is a free hit for these teams. It doesn't matter when in the season the players; They're not really expected to get a result. They want one, they often think they can, but the players can go out there and just enjoy it. You know, have a right good cup tie style go uh, against Rangers and a Rangers team that is panicky, is a little flighty, is prone to making mistakes, has occasionally this season chucked it and I think that they've been able to to take advantage of that and I don't think their players have managed to realise that yes it is going to be a cup final
1: every week You know, teams are not going to go this is a, 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 they're going to beat us David do you, think there's a, do you think there's a championship manager that's played against us this season that hasn't turned round and said to his players the pressure's on them oh, I just, think just, just go and enjoy yourself If you get, the first,
2: if you get the first goal today lads, The crowd will get on them And they will, it does happen And good Rangers teams have to be able to cope with that That's just a fact, it's not going to change
0: It's not going to change no matter I'll, what division we're in I also think there's a factor Which, we, which I think McCoy's maybe overlooked Is that <clears> as you go up through the divisions This is the first time that there's more More than half the teams are full time and also the type of players who are dropping through the divisions. Now, we met some, remember famous names in the past, in the third division, we're like, remember him? Remember him? This is the first time some of these players are still pretty decent. And in fact, some of the teams we're playing have got solid pros who've been around the block who are full-time players. And I think McCoists could scoot and beat them. I think they never got the mindset between playing part-timers and joining a league where there was a preponderance of full-time no, I mean, players. No, I agree with that. I, and I, I, think, I, that, I that, think that's never bridged.
2: That, no, and I think as well that I I guarantee you, because we've all seen it cannily looks at results of other teams quite closely at the time. Look at how many times a team has lost the week before playing Rangers, played really well against Rangers, lost the week after. Of course it's human nature. If you play for Livy, or you play for Queen of the South, or you even play for Falkirk, and you look at your next three matches, and it's Alowa, Rangers, Beef, You know... You're going to be pretty focused on one of those matches You're, There's going to be one of those matches you don't want to get injured for And then there's going to be a reaction in terms of your physicality the following week uh, And I think you've seen that with Rangers Just inability to beat Livingston at the wrong end of the table Because Livingston, as you say, they work hard They sit in, they do everything that we don't like a team doing against us And we really struggle to, to break them down and to make chances
1: I mean, it's, t- it's tough in terms of being able to say. We, we touched on the idea that, that teams will sit in and they'll do X, Y, and I And I understand that. However, um, Scott makes a totally valid point with regards to players where they are within that kind of phase of their career. And I get that. But then you've also got the other perspective as well, where there'll be players who looked like a fish out of water at other clubs and have found clubs within that division and they're now running the show. The best example I can have of that from what I saw last week was in Cole.
2: Yeah, but I've seen Cole a couple of times in the last few weeks and he's unrecognisable for, for the waste of space at Ibrox. Yep. Which again comes back to coaching. Yes. He's, he's clearly being coached and, and he's clearly, people have got an attitude, uh, he had an attitude problem and, and that's been dealt with And yeah, he's, he's been terrific, I've seen him I think three times the last few weeks And he's been, he's been excellent Okay then, well, uh, that's where we are We, we need to get back, uh, well we got back to winning ways against the Barton And we need to keep that going, uh, Falkirk on Saturday It's not going to be an easy game, that Falkirk buoyed obviously by getting into the Scottish Cup final And now a Scottish Cup final that they'll think is eminently winnable um, I suppose it uh, really just depends on how we approach it, am I
0: right? You'd hope so. I mean, I think at the stage I, I was talking to some folk about this before, and I think now you know we, we've talked tactics and we've talked what difference Chip McCall can make. I think we're almost at the stage now when that's out the window. Every point is a prisoner, and we simply have to win. And it, I don't know if new systems will do that. I don't know if it's too late now. Training ground. We simply have to beat Folcart. There's no excuses for dropping points. No, that's a um, point we, have to, we have to stay ahead of the We have to, no. and it might be pretty.
2: No, probably won't be, but uh, fingers crossed Okay then, uh, now as I say, we don't normally like to to touch on this sort of thing, but uh, the whole of Scottish football is talking, pointing laughing, and that's what we do, so yep, this week, special extended Sporting Integrity Award The Sporting Integrity Award is basically, let's be honest, the SFA and Celtic. And the reason, we, we, we dress it up normally, but it's the SFA and Celtic. And they proved it this week, um, both the SFA, the SPFL, uh, Celtic. they one and the same thing, mostly. But uh, first of all, there was a fixture kerfuffle, um, which, Scott, if you'd like to explain it for our listeners. I don't think anybody could explain it to the listeners. <laughs> no, no. Um, um, basically, but... the, the, the history of Scottish football was... That you all the teams play their last match They play their games at the same time I Always have, always will Pretty much Cured and Stone uh, For the, the reason that probably the only time In the history of Scottish football that the term sport and integrity Actually has been valid Is to let teams know What they need to do in advance To, to rule that out, to make sure that that can't happen So in their wisdom They decided that we'd play Hearts The day after Hibbs had played mm-hmm. We got yeah. to blame for this for some reason.
0: Yeah, that was the thing. Apparently, we'd, we'd set that up, despite the fact it was Sky, who admitted later it was their idea.
2: Yeah. So then, on top of that, they then uh, said, well, we might have to extend the season. Yeah, um, no, that's not allowed, David. Well, Stop that's what there. I thought, because, it's you know, and Falkirk, or in particular could get to the Scottish Cup final and the playoff final.
1: We also had the Tour of Japan, well, see, that's the thing.
2: You, you can't, at least we know now, you can't extend a season to let a Scottish club have a chance of winning a European trophy. You can't extend it to let Hibbs have a better chance of getting the cup hoodoo broken and
0: getting into the top division, or full cup. It's just idiocy. Do you know of another league set up anywhere where fans simply have no idea when the playoffs might even might be? Even? I can't just think of a, no. I can't think of another thing that, that's run as
2: amateurishly, and although we all like to, you know, take the piss out of them, they really are so incompetent. It, it's bordering on criminal. I mean, it, it just. I can't think of any other company where you wouldn't have lost your job if you'd been this bad, this often, this long, and brought such a problem down on on your organisation. You would be fired. Yeah. But there's a reason they're there. They act as a lightning rod. Now, on top of acting as a lightning rod, not even Neil Doncaster, Stuart Regan, could stop Celtic making such a colossal arse of themselves this week. Now, to to put this into context for you, Celtic were supposed to win the treble. They should have won the treble every year that we've been down. Never in the history of Scottish football has one team had such an advantage. Never. Well, certainly not since, you know, the, the initial founding days. But since, you would have to say, since... What, 100 years ago? Mm-hmm. No club has found themselves with the financial benefit, the fact that a two-horse race got brought down to one horse for three years minimum, mm-hmm. and they were by far the biggest club, they had the chief executive on the SFA board, everything was set up for this club to go, and they can buy the best players of the, the opposition club so long as the other manager uh, does all right at it. Everything mm-hmm. was set up for them to win the treble. And Celtic, over the last five years or so, have choked uh, at Hamden quite a lot. You know? Yes. There's, there's a lot of matches that, that Celtic have choked at. I think St Mirren, Ross County, Colm- Arnick, uh Hearts. Hearts, one comes <laughs> to mind as well. And, and the latest team to do that were perennial bogey team Inverness Caledonian Thistle, who beat Celtic 3 2. Now, Celtic, of course, don't lose football matches. A dark and mysterious and complex Masonic conspiracy, which may or may not be be run from Downing Street. We have no proof. Once again, got in the way of this, this dark force, this dark political evil force, which got together, and they met and they went, Right lads, what are we going to do? Destabilise Greece. Nah, nah. I don't, I don't. I don't think that's a priority for us. Okay. Well, we could ferment agitation in Spain. I don't really think this was this been set up for. Do you? We could make sure Celtic get knocked out the Scottish Cup semi.
1: Bingo. That's yeah. what we'll do. Yeah. This. Emma. I My mean, M- 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 five have been sitting around waiting, waiting for this. This would and be. You make it, like, you make it sound so transparent when you explain all of that, that.
2: Yeah, but this this would be to any normal human, mental. But to them, not only is it true, but their club, I love this, because Celtic didn't get a penalty, and it was a penalty, but they didn't get it, because Celtic didn't get a penalty, they have written a letter to the SFA to say, why did we not get a penalty? And they have (laughs) put out on their website that they are after clarification. A couple of things come out of this, right? Firstly, I'm going to open a tinfoil and postage stamp shop in Parkhead. And I am going to make a fucking fortune. Secondly, to any Celtic fan listening to this, a postage stamp, a first class post stamp, what? 50 pence? 60 pence? See, every time Peter Lowell spends 60 pence on one of them to post a letter to the SFA, he saves himself 3 or 4 million quid on a player that you guys should be buying to try and get better. And he does that because it keeps up Celtic's financial figures and keeps him looking very good to his bosses. And you daft bastards, every single year, believe him. So instead of going, why can we not win a treble when we've got all these advantages? Why can we not consistently beat these teams? Why do we choke at least once a season in a major match? No, instead you go back to a conspiracy that nobody could be asked to do. You don't count, you're not important enough that would be too complex to administer even if you were, and three doesn't exist. You then make a howling ass of yourself to the rest of football, which is odd, because you pride yourselves on being loved by everyone, when in fact, not only do they not love you, they piss themselves laughing at you. Now, we have had so many embarrassments over the last three years. I mean tons. Rangers, oh Christ. We have had... Our cheeks of shame exposed repeatedly by the school bully. And you know what? That was fair enough. Wasn't fun, but we went through it. But you know something? Never once did we do it to ourselves. Never once did we go, right, lads, how can we make sure the rest of world football knows what an utter fucking pile of mental we are masquerading as a football
0: club? Absolutely i say also David just quickly on Peter Law saving money he could also add to that 3 or 4 million he could save 60 pence, because he's basically sending a letter to himself isn't he
2: yeah it's basically know? it's actually written um, dear SFA Peter why did we not get a penalty Celtic Peter Celtic yeah. Peter you just didn't he? SFA Peter Celtic Peter I'm not happy about that SFA Peter tough that's how that exchange goes it's absolutely. so insane. I mean, listen, it was a shite decision, absolutely. But see when, for instance, off the top of my head, Guidetti's dive against hearts. He's didn't write a letter then. And for you to cling to this idiocy, I actually think it's sinister. Nobody in Scotland that I know really cares about religion anymore. I'm sure you get people at lower levels of society that give a toss about stuff like that. There's, you kept voters everywhere, right? But nobody cares, and if it's the first thing you go to, all the time, it's you who's got a problem with it. It's not us, you know? And the idea... Oh, I there are pictures kicking about the internet of the referee who is allegedly doing a Masonic handshake. Well, I'll tell you something, lads. I'm not a Mason. See if I was, though. The first thing I would say about conspiracies is gone in no date when a telecamera's pointing on you. Yeah. That, that would be, you know, kind of... In the top ten things not to do. It's, look, if you have to do a Masonic handshake why not do it
0: in the tunnel you'd also say that it's strange that a lot of this has been masterminded but against them the powers are being marshalled by a team that they call deed zombies that didn't exist so it's amazing how a deed zombie team that doesn't exist could have got together such a monstrous complicated conspiracy theory just since Division 3 it's a a
2: delicious mindset that, that takes you to that it's right um Everybody, the establishment's out to get us. How so? Well, we're, we're never allowed to win anything, but you do win stuff. I but that's because we're so great at football that we win stuff despite that. But th- they totally favour you. Well, why don't they let us win it? Ah, well, because you're only good enough. Right, okay. Why did they get us relegated to Division 3? Or oh, they couldn't stop that. Well, they're not a very powerful force then, could they? You know, it's just, there's so many gaps. But then I'm talking about lo- arguing logically and there's absolutely no need to do that. And I just really, I can't get my head around I just can't get my head around how grown-ups, grown-ups can do that. Lastly, just while I'm on a rant, this is, I think, Celtic fans' ultimate problem, is the fact that, and we've said this before, they hate us more than they love Celtic. And I shall offer this up as, as evidence for this. If you claim that your only rivals are dead, rubbish, don't exist, right, you then make sure that any achievement you make doesn't count, isn't worth anything. So for Celtic to win this two-horse race where, by their own argument, one of the horses is dead means nothing they do is worth any credit. And they've done that to themselves. They've said, we are determined to make everyone know that any achievement we do means nothing. Nothing we do in Scotland means anything because the only team that could give us a challenge are dead. And you think, okay, that's fine then. That just means every single thing you do. Why are you getting so upset about this? It doesn't matter anyway. You know, it's just, it's pointless. It's like a boxer going into a fight and after he wins a, a tough match going, that doesn't mean anything, no. That guy's rubbish. They don't do that. Because, no. it's, it, you know, you wouldn't see in a film, for instance, that them building up a dramatic arc with a good guy having to overcome no odds.
0: I tell you what was brilliant though, David... I would just say to anyone listening to the pod, is check out some of the social media outpourings in relation to the game. Now that was simply comedy gold. I I thought Liverpool losing in the same day as Celtic was good enough, but then I looked at the Celtic sort of fans and some well-kint names and their social media, and that is just that is good. That will cheer anyone up. Well, you, a you,
1: you would ha- happen to be referring to the the grandma who said that the. Inverness Cali fans pulled down the Celtic players in the box. Yeah, but well, she did this. She did this during a TV interview where one eye was looking at the camera in front of her, and another one was looking at Hamden behind her. I would though like to. she two eyes. I I would like to
2: bring a a touch of uh, shall we say a, a, an award flavour to this because I would like to give a special good sporting integrity award to whoever runs the official Inverness Caledonian Thistle Twitter account, whose tweets on the match started off reasonably sober, and by the end had merged into what can only be described as comedy genius. I'm going to read you a flavour, and these were from the official ICT, you'll find it at ICTFC. Celtic maybe should have had a goal penalty, but we've had three free kicks on the halfway line turned down, so we're basically even now. (laughs) Free kick Inverness right on the edge of the box Is brown fills Draper The Celtic captain is furious He always is though to be fair (laughs) 63 Griffiths is a thumb From putting Celtic in front (laughs) 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 Um, Good point for Inverness here in Glasgow Haha just joking it's extra time folks Hashtag banter (laughs) <laughs> this is brilliant, right, in caps No freaking way Big Eddie O'Ferry has smashed Inverness in front in extra time No, no way is this happening
1: The one, the one I liked in it was where he said uh, I can't. I think the boy's name is Jason Meekins But he goes, uh, Jason, <laughs> Jason Meekins uh, saves on the line Good lad <laughs> yes. There's
2: one here And the shot from Tonev goes out for a throw-in A (laughs) 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 throw-in. Then when the goal, the final goal went in. David Raven, all in caps, he never bloody scores. Of all people, he was 7,000 to 1 to score today. (laughs) Then at the final whistle, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. We did it, guys. We bloody did it. Starts sobbing. And then the final one. (laughs) <laughs> Celtic two Inverness Cal Caltony Thistle Three A Nation Rejoices. Nation
1: rejoices. <laughs>
2: yeah. Come on. That is absolutely Come brilliant. On. I think the just the one of you know, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> it, it was brilliant, it was just a fan and he was he was quite polite. Uh should let us just Ranger Celtic games. I've said before that I should get to do uh I know that the, the Boys from Rangers uh, social media teams listen to this. And they should let me do one game. That's all I ask. One. Yeah, one. I'll pay my own legal fees. <laughs> I always actually said that to Murray. Um, we, you know, David Murray used to say we, we talk about improving the pre match atmosphere. And I said, look, when we play the Sheep or Celtic, let me be the pre match announcer. I'll do the half time drawing, everything in the pre match and do the teams just once. They said, no. It would have been. Fantastic. I mean, I'd be jailed, right? Yeah. And they'd probably have had to shut us down afterwards. And then there wouldn't be any debate for Celtic fans about whether we exist or not. They would have had to shut us down and raise government to the ground. But it would have been worth it.
1: You would have had to move to Ayrshire. Yes. Oh,
2: no, but you did that already. I did that yes. already. <laughs> it's good to be amongst Stonefield, Cammy. I've been to Livingston. That, wo- that <laughs> woman with the eyes that go in different directions.
1: Yeah, the, the girl that got interviewed in the, the Celtic thing, she lives two doors along from me. Oh really? (laughs) No I'm only joking (laughs) (laughs) I
2: I guess there's a lot about Livingston that we just automatically thought that that was true (laughs) Oh yeah yeah yeah. Let's hear what the listeners think Do you live in Livingston? Does the last thing with one and a half eyes live near you? Do
1: you think I'll lose Celtic fans in my street? No no that's why we have bonfires We (laughs) burn our houses down Well the winner of this week's sporting integrity award Of course
2: Celtic So that's pretty much it for the hand hand this week. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been nice to, to to have you all back on again. As I say, I've sort of felt like you know the mighty emperor looking down on on the peasants. So are you naked now? That you talking about? No, I just uh, I, I I enjoy my feeling of power. Um, I'm getting a little giddy though. I'm, I'm getting tired. It's, it's getting late. So what we'll do is we'll take a selection of the the listeners' comments on what they've they they've thought this week about uh, about the old Celic. Uh, first of all a nice bit of praise from a guy um, by the name of Alistair Sin. he said listening to Ibrox Rocks on my day off makes cutting the grass a whole lot more bearable thanks very much Alistair that's nice we don't get enough stuff like that really he's do. got a house
1: with grass flash bastard <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, will no, Livingston I'll tell you
2: <laughs> Kenny enjoying these mentalist CFC supporters morning. yet again a bit conspiracies spare a thought for them they must feel T-Rebel get it treble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrible. I thought it was funny, mate. Ryan Irvin says, always cheated, never defeated. That's, that's very true. Uh, I don't think anyone could argue with that. With this being a, a Sunday... Oh, I'm not reading that. <laughs> was, uh, going to prison if that one makes the air. <laughs> and, uh, it's been a while since that happened. Um, and Scott Wilkinson, I think, says it brilliantly. Yes, but isn't it great to have the twitchy-eyed Celtic support doing what they do best? It is like a Greatest Hits Tour, isn't it?
1: Yeah. it's a revisit an old friend it is it's like, it's like the, no it's not old earlier, on, earlier on David when you were talking about the issues that we had and all that kind of stuff as well this just provides so much, much desired levity to, to your daily life the thing is is that it, See,
2: as pish as we are at football and as comedic as we are off the park, it's things like this that remind you why you get out of bed every day and thank God that you're a teddy bear. I mean, it, it really it really is. I'm sure God occasionally is like, look, lads, see all this stuff I'm putting you through at the moment. You've got a sin to be saved. This is all punishment. This is all part of the Calvinist work ethic. This is all part of suffering and you'll get your reward in heaven. But because I've been a wee bit harsh, here's Selick being Selick. Yep,
0: I was going to say, could you imagine if what we've gone through recently, our main deadly bitter rivals, had actually been any cop and not, in fact, an actual comedy outfit of, of wanks? Yeah, I mean, we'd have been in big, big trouble. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how
2: can you not win a treble? Seriously, how can you not win a treble? The drummer from Death Leopard would get more trebles at the fucking lakeside than Celtic have managed in the last three years. <laughs> right, it's just, it's not, you would fall into one of them. Yeah, But and see, by
0: accident, they should have won the treble But instead,
2: yeah. instead not, and we weren't allowed to win the treble No, you dicks, if we were doing a conspiracy You wouldn't be allowed to win anything Right? You were <laughs> it, allowed to win it
1: You just didn't, you're shit David, it's as you said earlier on and This is the reason as to why when we conspire Against the forces of evil, it's not to our benefit It's to keep them down Because we would rather punish them Than actually reward ourselves Because, that, yeah, and that's, because that's, that's their
2: mentality, mentality. Yeah, that's yeah. their mentality They don't feel joy at winning something they feel happiness that we didn't and that's the strangest thing about the twitchy eyed element of the Celtics support dear Celtic fans that listen to this some of you might not be nutters if you're not nutters let us know right you you can't all think surely some of you look at that team and go you know we could have signed a couple more players you know we we, we could have not had Craig Gordon in goal you know replacing our 8 million pound keeper with a freebie has is, is, is Craig Gordon's moustache ever come in, fully? No, nah, nah. I That was a thing. See, when he was linked with Rangers, I have to admit, I, I always despise Craig Gordon, and I was delighted when he sent for Celtic, because he just... To me, he's the bum. bum he's the bum-fuff bum f- f- moustache. The, he's got that sort of, uniquely Edinburgh, look how much I look like I smell of pish thing about him. Yeah. You know that way? And no offence to... Not everyone from Edinburgh does... Mm. No, there's but some people there's, who some, there's sure. some people who don't yeah uh, I, I um, worked with some people who didn't but but in Gordon's case he's three showers away from homeless <laughs> yes exactly yes. see that dressing room he was in at, at one time with Paul Hartley and, and Stephen Presley that must have
1: just reeked of pish that must yes. have smelled like a homeless woman after a bottle of Thunderbird aye uh, one, one, uh, one bar of Dove lasts about seven and a half months <laughs> yes exactly imagine, imagine uh, playing it away at breaking They'd
0: have to go under
2: the hedge to find them after the game. <laughs> well, no, they'd have had to get them there before, because that's where they would have slept. So, on that bombshell, all that it means for me to do is to tell you how you can get in touch with us, hand on the Facebook page. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, ibroxrocks, Rock R-O-C-K-S. And you'd be very kind this week with lots of likes and favourites and retweets, but it meant when I went down my phone there to read, because I don't prepare, I don't get the best ones, I just read them as, as they pop up, and it meant that there weren't any, so come on, you know, Look, give me some funny stuff to work with we're fed up having to come up with this show um, you can do that and you can also email us at uh, ibroxrock at playbackmedia.co.uk. all that means for me to do is to thank our executive producer in London Mr Mike Lee Mr Paul Myers our sound engineers Mr Stephen Arnaldi and Mr Charles Ashworth and of course making his return after so many weeks away Cameron James Bell
1: boys it's been great to talk to you again and uh, I've, uh, I've missed the two of you No, Scott you're, you're not going to be able to talk that but give
0: it a go I have not only missed the two of you but I've been thinking about you both sitting naked for the last 45 minutes and it's been a real treat let me tell you
2: well if you hear the car knocking at the Vandy's then don't come rock no it's the other way round isn't it yeah, yeah I've, I've fucked if it, you- I can't be half you recording the pod now just for that one mistake so you're just going to have to live with it folks my name is David Edgar I'll talk to you again this time next week cheers bye
1: this is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at ibroxrocks.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.